Hey! All right, and we're recording. Coach Smith, thanks for thanks for letting me sit down, especially with the blizzard going on. I guess you guys you had a hard time getting back across campus. Yeah, it took me twenty five minutes to get across campus. A little I, tournament going on next door, and, and you were driving. Morning. Yes, and I was driving. Yeah, it doesn't even take that long to walk across campus, no, right? I could have walked <laughs> back and forth. That's uh, it's it seems I guess it's a mess out there. But it's a mess, but also the wrestling tournament's going on, and one tournament's yeah, getting out, and one state. getting in, and it was crazy. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to sit down and pick your brain on a few things and talk about a few things. And uh, just uh, one funny thing I'll bring up since we were just talking about it earlier was uh, someone was contesting whether there should be a Norm Stewart uh, statue. Like how, how good of a coach was he, right? I said, I think he was pretty good considering, uh, you know, what has happened since. There hasn't been a lot of anybody really yeah. do as well since. And they said, well, is there going to be a Brian Smith statue? <laughs> I said, yeah, they'll probably put it up in front of the Hearns like the year before they tear the Hearns down. <laughs> <laughs> that would be in a long time because this building is the, like, I think it's the only building that would last through like a, yeah. a, a war or something. It would be the only one standing. Right. It's, and, I mean, it's very blocked and it's strong built. So it's, yeah. and, I mean, there was rumors a couple years ago they were going to tear it down. Yeah, but when you look at all the work they put into it now, yeah. the, the very, arena, I was gonna say the arena looks now. almost brand new except for our beautiful green seats. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the uh, when you look at the uh, new locker room, what oh, we've yeah. done in our weight room, and everything's just been fixed up. That it's and volleyball just put a whole bunch of upgrades in, in their offices and locker right. rooms and lounges, and so the building's really starting to look sharp. That but it, it's got a great structure to it, which you don't see a lot of anymore like we I feel like we were, were more of a culture that is would rather throw something away and build something new than put the time and money into something that's been here for I mean right. the Hearns is historic like I mean I remember wrestling kids state here you know right. years and years ago wrestling high school state here and then spending you know probably the most important five years of my adult life of shaping who I am in this building you walking know, up day. the stairwell every day uh, we were talking about that yesterday is that so all right funny story okay when we left last night from the arena for the for high school wrestling it had turned from 65 at lunchtime to like 35 when we left okay and I did not have a coat appropriate to be walking at 35 <laughs> and I was like we're running like we're running halfway running to our our car which was on the complete opposite sides of the of furrow field i said why am i less out of breath running right now than i was walking up the stairs earlier at the hearn center and then i realized like i think it's a psychological trigger like the fact that it walked i've walked that so and i know it I get out of breath because it's like i'm walking up to practice like it's it's time to go it's time to go to work it is, guys. <laughs> the funny thing is i think one year the nationals i, I forget where it was, maybe it was in St. Louis, and they had the athletes walking up and down these stairwells mm -hmm. to the warm-up area, and our guys were like, no big deal. Some of the teams just gave up on going to the warm-up area and camped out on the stairwells, yeah. and we were walking it up and down and had a great year that Finally. year. We've trained for this. We've trained for that. I told them that. <laughs> We've been training for this. See, there was a reason I had you walk the stairwell. It, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. In fact, I, to be honest, I don't even realize that there's an elevator. Like when I walk in here, it doesn't even occur to me to like use the elevator. That's right. That's good. So you're still. And I've had people like still Banley now. He uses the elevator. And he loves using the elevator because he can now. And he uses it from the third to the fourth. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think I was walking with him yesterday or something, and he went one way and I went. Uh, where are you going? 
to the elevator. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that that get thing's on. there. Forget it. You gotta keep living there. it. Yeah, like, well, then then once you're reminded, like, part of you wants to write it just because you can now. Like, yeah. I'm allowed to now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, coming up here, it's unbelievable the changes that you've made. And, and uh, Coach, uh, Coach Johnson was just talking about how it's a goal of yours, and, and you can maybe talk a little bit about it, every year to do something that improves the facilities, improve, improves the, you know. Yeah, the, we gotten the weight room done, the RTC room done, but there's still other things we want to do with graphics, even still in the locker room. I got to finish coaches' offices and upgrading them so when kids come in, you know, it's all about appearance. That yeah. When they look in there, the coaches have beautiful offices and, you know, it's little things now that we're working on because our facility, our wrestling room and locker room and competition area are first class that we're just keep, you know, it takes time. Yeah. And I always said, probably by the time I get everything to where I want it, it'll be time to retire. Yeah. But, but somebody will be taken over with you know, much better facilities than when I took over. That's probably the best time to retire though, right? Was when you run out of things that yeah. get you excited about getting them done. Yeah. You know? I don't know if I'll ever run out of probably things. Probably not. There's always something, but <laughs> yeah. there'll be that time someday. That's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even want to think about, you know, the the era after Smith at Mizzou. It's just been, I mean, that's, that's all I've known. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I was old enough probably that if I, if it were today's day and age, I would know more of the history. But like, you know, when I was in high school, you can't get on, you just can't get on the computer yeah. or your cell phone and, and see all this stuff, you know, right away. Um, so even thinking about in, in high school, like I didn't really know who Kale Sanderson was. I knew who he was, but I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. You know, I didn't know what he looked like. It's like, yeah, I heard of this guy. He's really good. Four-time NCAA champ. That's pretty pretty amazing. But you don't have the information of, of even pictures and videos and all that stuff now. And that's so important. To, and I think that that's part of what you're teaching. That's part of what I learned is, you know, keeping, have pride in what you're doing. Have pride in the facility. Have pride, Not only from an athlete of taking care of it, but as a coach of improving the facilities and making everything look nice and presentable as not only important for your marketing and your recruiting. But, but it's the legacy. I think yeah. when you look at, you know, when I sold those lockers, we got 42 brand new lockers and it paid for the entire yeah. facility down there. I sold 42 lockers in nine days, yeah. which I was pretty much blown away right. by because I was like, God, this is gonna be hard. Hopefully I can sell some of them and maybe cover the cost. And it just became almost like a competition between yeah. the guys that, hey, I'm getting a locker, how about you? I definitely sensed the competition part because we were, we were just down there and one of the things that I was thinking when I was looking at it is it made me sad that I was like not in a position at that time that I could do it. And I see some of my best friends right. up there and I was like, what the it's all right. In a couple of years, I'll have the next thing that there I'll leave names yeah. on it. Hopefully we'll the academy is taken off by then and I'll be yes. good to go. And, and I'll uh, be on you for it. Do it. Do Your it. name's not up there, Marcus. Come on. I know. That's <laughs> well, I was telling somebody else the other day, I said, well, besides the accomplishment boards in the room, you know, where right. the, the conference titles, All-Americans and all that, the murals that are over here, somebody said, that's pretty cool that your picture's up there. I said, yeah, but it, it's getting to the point now it's making me kind of sad. And they said, why? And I said, because Smith is always upgrading everything. So that's only going to be up there. Who knows? That might be down next year. Yeah. And then where am I at? I'm nowhere now. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, that that's, but even then recognizing that sense that, that this is always changing. It is always improving. Like everything. But I don't think the better. important thing is I don't want to forget about the past. No, that, not at all. That's something we teach to our guys. That Absolutely. When you're putting on the singlet, 
you're representing not just yourself and your family, but also the legacy of what this singlet has become now. For and sure. When we step on the mat, it's one of the most respected singlets, and it's sometimes feared right. that it helps us score points before we even yeah. get out there because they know what has the past has done and what we're continuing to do that it, it helps. Right. I mean, just they, they start mulling over those odds. You know, not every guy that wrestles for Mizzou is just a killer, but a lot of them are. So what are the odds that I got in the soft one? I don't know, probably not good. Uh, but yeah, um, just, and, and I can attest to that because I can remember the days being in the middle of a practice. Stop. Somebody walks in and you say, hey guys, uh, stop for a second. This Welcome is, back. you know, so-and-so yep. uh, All-American from, from 1999 or wherever, you know, and that's really cool. And I, and I even think about how many friends I have right now that are Mizzou wrestlers that I never wrestled with. I yeah. never was even, not even the same. I mean, but it's a Greg family. Warren, yep. Brad Twaddle, those are guys that are not, not trying to knock them, but they were here way before I was here. But because of that history and the lineage that it's like a no brainer that. Yeah, it, it brings, you know, the nationals, a lot of the social events we do bring people together. And for sure. And it's a tight-knit group. It's, it's really cool. Yep. And then we tell stories about how much Coach Smith has changed, <laughs> how much softer he's gotten. I get softer and softer. I'm going to be a marshmallow in uh, a couple of years. I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, you just I think that that's part of the growth. I can, I can even, and, and I would say that that's set a good example for, for me trying to figure out coaching and learn all this coaching is I feel like I have as well, but way faster because I was okay with it because of understanding as I acquire new information, I have to change. Like right. if I stay the same and I've learned new stuff, better. then what have I really learned? Um, and just especially moving more to youth, you know, uh, out of the high school or out of college competing, then going to high school, which is still a little more, it, it means a little more and it's a little more intense. It's a little more, um, you know, dedicated hard work. And then going to the youth, which is a much different realm. Um, even though a lot of people are trying to make it similar it right. shouldn't be it um, shouldn't it, it should be, be fun yeah you want those kids to enjoy the sport so they want to come back to it and not have like man this Absolutely. is just always hard always right. intense you know we want it to be some fun too so. and, and i think that uh and that's one of the things i really enjoy about this podcast is i get to talk about youth wrestling and and the experiences of youth wrestling with high level coaches who are coaching at the top of the level of folk style wrestling you know, and um, and hearing them confirm things that we're doing. And it helps, I think, we have a lot of the parents that listen to this and it helps them feel comforted that I'm not a crazy person, that like what I am saying has, you know, value and it is valid. And to hear it from other people that are much more qualified and much more knowledgeable than me only helps them to feel more secure because it is easy to feel insecure when you see your nine or 10 year old wrestling kids that are getting better, maybe a little faster at that time. Right. And it's, it can be very frustrating as a parent, but to be, I think that there's some solace in that knowing that, yep. and I wanted to ask and you I, a little bit about that. Is well, I just, I, I, the thing I worry about our sport is that everything's become like major competitions mm -hmm. and it trickled down with traveling baseball and softball yes. and yeah. soccer and, and now it's wrestling. You see these national tournaments for eight-year-olds. It's like, what six, are we having? Six-year-olds. There's a six-and-under division at some What level. are we having national and state tournaments at that level for and where it should be focused on? You know, I almost, I have a son that's in in the Boy Scouts 
and started in Cub Scouts, and it's all about it, uh, attaining your badges and making it to the next level. And I'd love to see the early youth development where they have to develop certain skills. And USA has had that, you know, where you have to know mm -hmm. certain skills, but I would almost love it. I mean, we were doing this a few years back. You remember Sean Charles? I was, I, Sean Charles. So I helped started. do the artwork for yes. those patches, and we ne they never came to be. Right. Um, ben was talking about this the other day on a, one of his videos, okay. just how hard it is to put wrestling on paper. Right. Like when you when you try to develop like a yeah. belt system or a patch system or a t whatever your system is, uh, it's very I, difficult. But the problem is these kids are being told, "Hey, you got to go compete," mm -hmm. and so. They want to learn, but now they're going. They're taking a couple of days a week where they're, you know, traveling and going to competitions where they really should be, right? You know, honing in their skills and getting better and better, and and it's just hard to get that across and more body awareness and getting yes. better at cartwheels and rolls at a younger age. Absolutely. And, and then eventually move into their feet moving and getting mm -hmm. to the level changes. And, but we're so focused on let's get them out to a tournament and you watch these kids and they're lost out there and then yes. it can be a bad experience because yeah. they run into that buzzsaw that's been doing it two or three more years right or just more mature yeah for yeah. their age and it turns kids off absolutely and that's one thing that we i've i've always had a heart I, I i when you understand something but it's difficult to kind of put it in words like i, I know it but i to explain it is is not that simple the idea that when you're competing so frequently and trying to compete at a high level that frequently at a young age, there is no time for that learning because you're constantly on high alert of like, yes. I got to be good today. I got to not, not take chances, not take risks, not try new things. Like I got to be at my best because I'm wrestling yeah. a tough tournament. It's even at our level. <clears throat> oh, for our, sure. Our guys sure. spend a lot of time here in the summer and working on techniques and it's relaxed and you just see them getting better as you hit the season we're still teaching and doing things but they're focused on their opponent coming up right focused on weight cutting they're you know and they're in school really busy in school so it's a tougher learning environment even we do we get better during the season but i think our best growth is in the off season for so sure it's, yeah uh, trying to get parents to understand that with their kids that let them grow in the sport and give them a couple of years to develop before you really start throwing them out there in a ton of competitions, maybe one a year when they're young and start to add a couple yeah. every year, but focus more on learning the skills. Right. And that was, uh, you know, and we can get into it as little or as much as you want, but you know, your, your son Quinn was, I, I remember him, he didn't even start wrestling until he was what, yeah, it was 10 or 11? Fifth grade. Yeah, it was, I held him back because yeah. he was playing everything. Yeah, and I didn't want him to just do one sport, so he was playing everything, and we wrestled around in the house. So I knew he was, and he was traveling with the team and <laughs> right, hanging right. out with the wrestlers, but he was playing baseball and soccer and played everything. Sure, and enjoyed life, and and I'm glad, and, and I see that now that kids and when they hit high school, it's almost like they have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. And I know you played multiple sports yeah. at Farmington, where kids are not allowed to almost do that now right. in the bigger schools. Right. That it's. I, I don't know if that's because when you look at the percentages of kids that are going to go to college, why are we doing this? Right. We're making them pick right. things that they probably love football and wrestling, but a football coach or a wrestling mm -hmm. coach is saying, no, you can't do both. Right. They overlap too much. Yeah. And that's, that's a mistake I think we're doing because it's really supposed to be about being with your friends and having fun. Right. And yes, there's an opportunity to go to college, but kids still do that sure. playing multiple sports. Well, I think even a fascinating part on, on to add on to that is how many kids do concentrate on, I'm gonna be really good at wrestling, but by the time that they spend those four years in high school be, getting really good at wrestling, they don't really wanna go wrestling college anymore. Yeah. 
Is there not like kind of like ugh? Yeah, they can. Grow I did tired focus of it. on it, and I just kind of. And they get the taste of like a social life and this, and they're like, right. I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then, then the whole other side of it too is when you talk to orthopedic surgeons, oh, like yeah. swimmers or soccer mm -hmm. players or wrestlers, and these kids that focus on one sport for too long and don't play other sports and develop their muscles in a different way, start to have a sure. a lot of injuries with, with their knees yeah, and the shoulders. Repetitive motions are, are yeah. really killers for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. Uh, but I'm glad you're doing what you do because yeah. you're you're trying to be one of those that's I'm going to do it this yes. way and believe in it that way and that's it's, great. Well, we're trying to, and and it's not always, uh, I don't know, business wise if it's the best practice sometimes. But I know that one thing is every day when I go home, I can look myself in the mirror and know that I'm doing it the way that I think is the best way to do it. Um, not that we're doing everything as best we can all the time. It's right. just it's always trying to get better and always improve. But I know one thing we do, and you know this is is play. Yeah. When I was a kid, you'd go out in the yard and play. Right. I let my team play kickball and yeah. football, and it's important to us. Yeah. I feel like they, you know, you see kids jumping on running machines after practice and doing things and having to do extra stuff to get weight off and or just maintain that you know their conditioning. Mm -hmm. My guys play kickball yeah. and dodgeball, and so, and they they almost kill each other right. in the game. But they're having so much fun. They're drenched in sweat. Yeah. They're giving effort like they would do if I told them to run sprints. Sometimes more that so. Play, probably. <laughs> play is a thing that's gotten lost a little bit in our society, sure. where kids don't do it enough. That as coaches, don't say, "Man, we don't have time to play a game," because they start to smile. Their attitude changes. They yeah. want to be in that, you know, that app, you know that environment where it is fun mm -hmm. they're playing with their buddies and then when they start the wrestling up they're like hey, yeah we won and they're talking stuff and it, it just makes makes for a better day when you get the kids smiling and having fun and working hard at another game and because it's competition compete at everything right so our guys are when they're competing at kickball there's been days i've had injuries and i'm like how are we getting injured in kickball <laughs> i was trying to remember the rules of gator ball the other oh, day. Gator. yeah i just i because and then it's i got like this soccer and uh, rugby, it's a bunch of yeah, because you all can combine and you can carry the ball, but you can't pick it up off the ground. You have to, you have to kick, kick it, it up to someone or it, kick it to yourself. If you get it touched, it's two steps. But we used to play that all the time. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and you guys That's, would run for an hour. Yeah, well, I think a dad brought up a good point. He said, "How many games do you think will never be played again? Like that that were made up on a playground somewhere? Yeah." that no one wrote the rules down. <laughs> you don't even remember them the next week. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what the rules well, were. Well, we cheated too. We would make the rules <laughs> yeah. up as we went. Yeah, right? Like, okay, <laughs> no, you can't do it today. today no, that's not two points in the game. That's one today. Yeah, something that, and I'm. you brought that up and I didn't actually think about this till just now, but something that was an accident is our beginner class, five to nine year olds, is like 5.15 to 6.15. And then our older class is starts at 6.30. And like every day that we have those practices, it's a big game of dodgeball or, or soccer or something between the two classes. So the young ones stay after and the old ones is like, they're getting ready to warm up. So they stay together, which is really cool because then that transition as the nine-year-olds turn 10 and move into the older they class. They played with each other. They, yep, they've already been in the That's room awesome. with them and it's worked out really well. And, and it adds that, like you're, the, the family part of it, the building, the camaraderie yes. together. And that's what, I mean, that's good. Excuse that's me. Great. Like the culture and the. Have you read the culture code? Yes. So that that's a big one that to me was very. It kind of solidifies some things that you already kind of have an idea, but made right. a much more clear picture of how to go about, you know, accomplishing those things yeah. of building that camaraderie and the the culture and how to 
the expectations. I and truly believe culture is a big part of our success at Missouri Wrestling. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just uh, our the recruits we're getting now, they're being taught, told, and yeah, uh, seeing it and hearing it from people about what Tiger style is. And I just got an email from a coach in New York, and he was talking about you know the one mores we do and yeah. Tiger style and the development of wrestlers. Right. How important developing kids, you know, because we've taken some kids that are not big recruits and develop them into all Americans. And I so would argue that you've made a living doing that. Well, it's, I probably have, <laughs> but you know, it's something we take pride in. Yeah. We get some blue chippers and they do well, and we get some kids that are maybe uh, you, know, you look at a John Ernesty, mm -hmm. who's never a state champ in Missouri, and he's one of the best wrestlers in the country now and yeah. he's just a kid that put the time in and wanted to get better and believed in tiger style and absolutely so it's uh that that make but that's a part of a culture that we have here and not everybody can be a part of that culture we, right but you know the kids that do come the young men that do come i do believe become better wrestlers and become even better people when they leave too because they be their close bonds and how they do things and get involved in leadership roles outside of right. the team it's a it's a great little thing we we have going here because I know that everybody's a part of it. Definitely changed my life and shaped my life um, in, in so many ways that I probably couldn't even begin to recount them. But you know, if I think of a couple things that really stood out to me was, um, I don't think that I would have in, in another realm maybe got involved in like the student athletic advisory committee yeah. or student yeah. athlete advisory committee. Yeah. Um, I was an at-large member because I was not a person that they would look to as the, the highest GPA or the captain of the team. But I saw that the guys that I wanted to be like were doing it. So I was like, I need to be a part of that. And somehow, yeah. and just asking, can, like, oh yeah, we can be an at-large member. Like Something we wanted. Even we, if, I, we want leaders in the yeah. program. And so many, we've, I think in the last four years, we've been, uh, had an athlete from wrestling yeah. as the SEC rep. That's, which yeah. SEC doesn't even have wrestling. They do. They have one <laughs> called Missouri, but every year the commissioner is meeting yeah. wrestlers and he has to talk about wrestling which is i don't think our guys see the big picture of that but he's seeing that wrestling yeah. does a great job at missouri it's one, it's the best sport at missouri it, uh, it develops great young men they're leaders and so he's probably got a great image of what the sport of wrestling is from our, our sure. leadership guys yeah. going down there now do you think um when you thought of or whoever thought of and you took it and ran or your idea that the tiger style did you see it being what it is now um i don't know if i even looked that far ahead you know <laughs> right. was just trying to yeah. get it a lot of people you know when jeremy did the breakdown it started as just a you know we'll break down one two three tiger style yeah and i remember being in the virginia duels finals in our early years so it was jeremy spades mm -hmm. and kenny burleson all these guys were younger on the team and but we sat in a hotel room and I remember saying, hey guys, what is Tiger Style? And I had my assistants ready and they were writing things down. Yeah. And I heard all these great things about that, you know, we're gonna work hard and do these things, but it's our lifestyle off the mat, how we're committed, we go to every class. I started hearing all these things and writing it down and I read a lot of books. So I was reading a lot of books about culture and teams and famous right. coaches and what they did to develop their program. And every one of them, wrote down what their beliefs were mm -hmm. and I hadn't done it yet. So I had been coaching a good amount of time at that time but I had not written it down and that's when I just really started the triangle and it, which of course you look at a wooden right. triangle, you know John Wooden one of the better greatest coaches of all time and so just started with that but what but it came from 
from me and of course what my dad who was a coach and other people that influenced me and I uh, bounced it off of some of the administration and my staff and, and former wrestlers and, and then it just evolved to right. really every word when you look at all the words in Tiger Style there's a meaning and a story to mm -hmm. everyone now so now when I send it out or my guys see it constantly every day and we talk about it constantly you know they they can sit there and say yeah and tiger style is this and this and because they see it and they've been taught about it all the time yeah. and then, then they start to live it and sure. that's what a culture is about and yeah they understand it so that's how it kind of even so i didn't see it taking on where now it's uh, copyrighted by the u.s <laughs> government that the university of missouri owns the rights to tiger style and it can only be used by the sport of wrestling that's which to me i think is an awesome thing it is no other sport at missouri okay. has that, that yeah it is you know everybody else's mizzou football where you know hashtag tiger style right we don't have to put the sport wrestling we don't have to put the word wrestling you say tiger well, style and everybody and probably about 40 something states would say oh that's mizzou wrestling sure and I is a think cool that thing. anything that you get copyrighted, the whole reason you copyright something is because it has value. Yes. So that's that's like in just right there tells you that it's what it's worth. You know, it's worth something that it if is. you need to copyright it and have a reason to copyright it, then it has obviously a the fact that the school wanted to do that, yeah. they were afraid it was getting, well, it was getting, you know, and I didn't want it to lose its value where the regular student and the a previous chancellor at one point sent an email out in the beginning of the school year, come celebrate a picnic, we're going to have tiger style. And I went, <gasps> no, I don't ruin you, it. You can't do that. <laughs> and at that point, I went to the administration and said, they can't be using that. And they're like, you're right, you're right. And they told the chancellor, yeah. he took it down. And I said, we got to do something about this. And they, they did, which was neat. The school's taken a couple of them wrestling ideas, right? Yes. What was What was one of the other ones? Uh, was the one more, did they use that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we had been using the one more with our sprints and all that yeah. and the whole philosophy of helping a te teammate if he has mm -hmm. a bad day and what the, you know, and one more can be you know, you're uh, you're getting a C in a class and I'm going to work at it and get a B. That's mm -hmm. a one more, so I'm going to spend 20 minutes and specific things that you would do. And collectively, if 40 or 50 people that are involved from your strength coach to your coaches to your yeah. academic advisor to all your wrestlers to your trainer if everybody's doing a one more every day or so, collectively, collectively the program gets so much better. And right. I see it all the time. We'll, we'll start a practice by talking about, hey, so-and-so just did this. He just visited the hospital with some young kids. Tell us about it. And they'll get up and that's a one more, guys. That's awesome. Yeah. So-and-so just got his first day in a biology class. It's recognized. Yes. Of course, when a guy's going out there and getting that pin, that's a one more. Right. Man, you gave that effort in the third period. but. We had had it for a few years, and then after the tornado went through uh, the, what was it, the, not the, uh, what was the area down there? Joplin. 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 They, uh, I'm sitting at a meeting, and I'm not doing this to make, but they're saying, yeah, we're going to have this one more, one Mizzou or whatever. And, yeah. we, and it was everything that we had kind of right. written down on the one yeah. more. For, and I said, that's awesome. They're stealing our idea. Right. When your idea, and when I say stealing or borrowing or, because everything right. that we have in Tiger Style is taken, you know, sure. I said is I've read books from other coaches, I've borrowed ideas from famous people and looked at things that have been mm -hmm. successful and that's how you become successful. Right. You know, mimic or become like other successful people. Right. And, and so, yeah, the school borrowed that one Mizzou was taken from the one more of yeah. wrestling. That's, 
the logo and, and everything. And I did was mean kind of to bring that in a positive way. Yeah. Not no, uh, it's stealing like that. And I said a, that to the awesome. AD. I said I think it's really cool that some of our ideas are being taken. Yeah. One of our biggest fears was that the athletic department would steal Tiger style and use it as a you know a right, saying a for the whole marketing. Department. Like, no, 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 yeah. no. That is wrestling. So. That's us. That's, That's us. us. That's right. That's that is us. us. Uh, yeah, and uh, not to just change the subject, but some, something I did want to talk about was, uh, you know, from my perspective on myself is uh, I I identify with you a lot in that um, I feel like we had somewhat similar college careers, and for me, you know, as a coach, it's easy sometimes to maybe feel uh, inferior, especially in my younger when I'm first starting out coaching to some guys who maybe are more accomplished in the competitive arena, you know, when I'm Ben's opening academies, you know, and I'm trying to do as well or better than he's doing with his, which is a hard task to do. But, you know, you have guys coaching that are more accomplished in the competitive arena, but having that confidence in yourself to know that you know how to coach and you know how you're going to work hard at it. So when I got to Missouri, I think the head coach at Iowa State was Bobby Douglas and mm-hmm. you had Jack Spates who I worked under who was a very successful coach. You had John Smith and then eventually at Iowa State was Cale Sanderson. Yeah. So I'm just seeing all these and I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so, but I realized at that point, I can't worry about who's out there. And if you, that's the wrong approach and you know, and it was the same thing with the, like facilities. I can't worry about what they all have. Yeah. What do we have? Mm-hmm. And I started focusing on, in on what we do have. And I, when you know, going around the state of Missouri, I realized there's a lot of really good wrestlers in the state of Missouri. If I can get these kids to buy kids to buy into coming to Mizzou, we're going to start to build this program, and mm-hmm. we start them to get them to live right, do things right. Good things will happen. But I just focused on that. And now, when I look back, that unfortunately sometimes in the sport of wrestling, but if you look at football, they'll have guys that never even played football coaching in the NFL as yeah. head coaches that coaching is different than being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Coaching is a whole different thing because you're a teacher. You, you wear so many hats because yes. you're like a guidance counselor. You're going <laughs> to take care of your parent right, to some right. of these kids. And, yeah. and the relationship part is so important where an athlete, you can just go out on the field and go do it right. or go on the mat and go do it. And I've been fortunate. I've gotten to beat gold medalists. I've gotten to beat many national yeah. champs. I've gotten to beat many great programs, traditional powers, and it's and it's something I take pride in that I, I, I am a much greater coach than I was as a wrestler. Yes. Now I got into the sport. I didn't start wrestling till ninth grade, so and I didn't even want to do it. My dad <laughs> told me to go out for wrestling, it's good for football. But then I fell in love with it and I think it worked to my advantage because when I fell in love with it, a lot of the people I was working with were more advanced mm-hmm. than you know, there weren't youth coaches back then. Right. And I would have just been thrown into some room and just go wrestle. Sure. And so uh, from college coaches to high school coaches to then working under Rob Cole and Jack mm-hmm. Space, I learned a lot about what other things you have to do in coaching. Right. From fundraising to, yeah. you know, developing your fan base sure. and your booster clubs. And it's so important, those relationships to, you know, now we have nice locker rooms because of that. <laughs> right. And we're, you know, our facilities, but our... You know, people yelling at me because we don't have enough tickets for the NCAA's. But <laughs> right. those are, and tomorrow we're, you know, this weekend or whenever this, I don't know when this will be played, but when our Okie State matches wrestle, we're going to set an attendance record. Yeah. And things just keep getting better and better. Especially but, as you were talking earlier, the snow, people can't go anywhere now. Now they can't go anywhere. Come watch them wrestle. watch. You don't want to go down. To, <laughs> I would tell people now, but again, we talk, it won't be, I don't think I'll be able to put it out before tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, hopefully you were there and watched it. <laughs> yes, hopefully they are because, that, you know, when you look at some of the other states and what they're drawing for some of their teams, I, I hope Missouri will get because we've had some great traditions, mm -hmm. some great teams, some great individuals that, uh, that I, I don't want people to look back 10 years from now and look at the stats and say, man, they had some great teams during that time period and they, I didn't go watch. Yeah, I didn't and, go watch. So hopefully, our, I, I believe our fans will. I think tomorrow we're going to be shocked, and yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if there were five thousand people there tomorrow. Well, that's something, and I don't know what you guys plan to do with your schedule in the future, but we're doing in uh, this the youth camp on Sunday, and the whole reason of that is that I'm trying to get my youth kids in my club and and others by in the future and by just the reach of influence is to understand that like. You don't have to go wrestle a tournament. Right. If you miss a youth tournament this weekend and you go watch high school state and you go watch a division one duel and then you wrestle a camp with some other kids around the state, right. that's more, way more beneficial I than going tell to... tell that story to the coaches clinics all the time. Some of the most important things youth coaches, high school coaches can do is when I was a young kid, my dad took me to Shea Stadium, which doesn't exist anymore yeah, right. in Flushing, New York. <laughs> but I was six years old and I went out on the field and I watched the New York Mets play. Well, guess what? I'm 53 years old. I still have Mets gear and a Mets hat, and I'm looking to see when the Cardinals play the Mets this year, and I'm still yeah. wanting to go to a game every year when they come to St. Louis. Think about that right. influence of taking yeah. me to that stadium. And I tell that story to the guys because I'm like, you know, I always hear of the state tournament going on during, uh, or the youth state tournament going on during the NCAAs, and to me, more popular sports like football would never do that. No. On Super Bowl mm -hmm. Sunday, or that weekend, there's no college football going on. There's mm -hmm. no youth football going on. No, they would cancel yeah. it, right. and they would go watch it. That as a sport, we have to take a step back and say, if we want to become even better than what we're at right now, we've got to figure yeah. it out. Like college football is Saturday, and NFL is Sunday, yep. and you know, high school football is Friday. They've kind of figured it out a little to right. spread it out so people can enjoy it all. And I'd love to have where you know, you have every youth club in the state. I, I always tell them, come to one match a year, even yeah. if it's Central Missouri or one of the other yeah. college teams, go go watch a match. But, you know, like we're the only Division One program that if we started putting six, 8,000 people in the stands every match because we're supported by mm -hmm. wrestling, then maybe some other Division One schools in the state might say, why don't we have a program? Right. Just look at what they're doing. Yeah. We could probably do that. Why wouldn't a slew look at that? Mm -hmm. Or Kansas City, UMKC, and say, maybe we should start a program and we'll have a, you know, a rival here in the state. Right. But I just got a phone call and I'm checking to make sure that I'm still recording. Yep, we're good. Okay. Oh, well, hello there. Sorry to interrupt. I don't mean to be rude, but just for a uh, friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the episode, Hit that subscribe button, share, rate us, and if you really enjoy it, again, there is a link in the description to go and support financially with a monthly contribution, and it is greatly appreciated. Thanks, Justin Roth, for your continued support. Now back to the episode. I didn't want to make sure it didn't interrupt us, um, but yeah, um, that. And I do you think that the like, Columbia is a great college town? It is. But the distance between St. Louis and Kansas City just hurts a little bit with it the, does. the commute. To, you know, if you, if it was a little closer, like, there's several times that I'm kicking myself like, 
I want to be at that duel, but right. I have. It's a, it's a it's long just, travel. Yeah, and that's something we've looked at. We did the duel in Park Hill High School sure, in yeah, Kansas, which was, in North Kansas City, which was oversold. It ridiculous. was definitely. I, I was I'm, watching I'm, it on. I'm not online. trying to turn anybody in, but it was probably if there was a fireman <laughs> there, they might have said this is a fire hazard because. There wasn't room to walk. Yeah, but you weren't kicking that crowd out. No way. <laughs> they were coming out of the, you know, out of the ceiling. Hanging off the Because rafters. I was like, where the heck are all these people going to sit? It was they, really cool. They sat it on the really floor cool. in the stands. There was people out in the lobby. It was insane. Yeah. And then it come, to have it, which we didn't want it to do, but it came down to the last match and it being Daniel Lewis, a, yeah. a young man right from that area, that it was really a, a great atmosphere. And people that had not been to a wrestling match from our administration were there, and they're like, that is the best sporting event I've been to in a long yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, how and so we've thought about it, that we've got to probably do a duel, you know, maybe yeah. next year over in the St. Louis. One of my ideas is to have a match under the arch in That's the park awesome. there. And, That's uh, awesome. If Illinois will wrestle us there next year, we can get the weather to hold up. And you the, know, we the did new, it in the they've redone that whole park. They've re redone that park that if I can get some people in St. Louis, That's that really maybe cool. the right person will hear this and help us. There you go. That we put a mat under the park, I don't know, maybe a well, stage Well, you already have a good relationship with the St. Louis Sports Commission and everything, yeah. so. I'm going to call them right That's after the season. That's my next. Well, if there's any way that uh, my academy, we could be involved somehow in helping promote or uh, do, you know, kids matches at halftime or something yep. like that, like we'd definitely be in fun. on that because that's, I mean, that's what we're slowly trying to change the way that people think about youth wrestling and right. how they're approaching it. That like, you know, again, back to what I said earlier, but just, it's okay sometimes to not go compete, but go watch something, like right. go support something, go... I mean, there's a lot man. of good clubs out there that do that. Oh, we, for sure. Some of the better clubs in the state of Missouri, I always see, they say the best weekend we have is we run a bus and we come watch a Missouri yeah. match and you guys put on a little clinic for us where we have some fun and it's uh, it's interesting and they're yeah. very successful clubs. So it's they've got it figured out. And I remember we were wrestling up in Northern Iowa one year and the whole Askren Academy came over. Yeah. There was like a couple van loads of kids yeah. on piling. All the kids wanting posters and autographs right. from our guys, and our guys are like, "Man, these kids are from Wisconsin. And they know all about us." And, <laughs> yeah, but that's good for the sport. Right. That Ben know, does such a good job of communicating. All, like, hey, we're watching this match. Did you guys see this result? Yeah. And it, I mean, he's probably one of the best multitaskers that is ADD that I've ever met in my <laughs> life. I mean, that I'm I'm bad ADD, and I cannot multitask very right. well. I I just get like. If I'm not focused on one thing, then if I'm focused on multiple things, it's gonna be not very focused. It's gonna be bad. Yeah, and somehow Ben's always involved. He keeps He's doing track of all that. that stuff. Like knows results thing, that he. Funny thing with Ben and I had, had I was going back and forth with a text with Matt Pell the other day, uh -huh. and then I saw the graphic of. Tyron and Ben go out from the athletic department. Uh -huh. It's a really cool looking poster, which yeah. I'm gonna have to get that made into a poster. But then I I, I sent. Tyron and Ben in a message, hey, I was just talking with Pell and it's interesting, it's the week of the Oklahoma State duel. All three of you guys were on the team that won the first duel against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Of course, Pell got the pin and the other two lost. So Ben and Tyron lost and I didn't say that. But all of a sudden Ben's like, yeah, I blew a match or something. And Tyron's <laughs> like, yeah, I think Pendleton threw up on your back. But, oh, God. But you lost in overtime. And Ben's like, yeah, you lost. He's like, yeah, I got hammered. Why'd you have to bring it up? And then they went on for like 10 minutes oh. texting back and forth. But it was fun. It was a good time just seeing those guys going back I was trying forth. to remember the story the other day. And I maybe you can help me clarify this because I don't think my memory is the best on this. But 
the match where Tyron wrestled Hendrix and there was a bite. What what match was that? I, I think, think it was in the Big Twelve. We were hosting, weren't we? I think it was, so. I want to say it was here. Yeah, and they tried to get they gave him a point for the penalty. It was I think that was the difference in the match was I the penalty so. point. I think so. And uh, it was like, and I don't know. Crazy. I've never seen Tyron bite we somebody. We were like, getting cross faced yeah. through the mouth, and now he was being dirty. Oh, yeah. with it. Like, but it happens, you know, right? It's, it's a it's that, unfortunate that things like that happen in our sport, but it does. Right. Well, just the nature of God, grown men and competing hand to hand combat. Yes. It's like you get a little heated sometimes. So uh, I guess some questions I got for you would be uh, some of your best memories here. And my best memories. And well, I guess that, that mean the most to you as far as uh, maybe developing who you are as a coach and the program and like not not just milestones, but maybe breakthroughs for yourself that yeah. like confirm things that you, you know thought what, about doing that you were doing well. I, you know what? Some of the coolest, and, and this isn't wrestling, but it is when I go to these weddings that mm-hmm. I, you know, I see my guys getting married and I get invited to like two or three a year and I try to make them all and it's hard, yeah. but I've been making a lot of them. And I go with my wife and, we, and we'll be sitting there and I'll just see 25, 30 guys, how close they still are yeah. and how appreciative they'll come up and talk and just how appreciative they are for each other and how close they are and the memories they have. And they tell me these stories of how I were and I say, no, I was never that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the, just the joy and the friendship and the close bond that we have as a team, yeah, that means that's sure. an important thing to me because that's really what coaching is all about, that we're gonna make this right. experience something that's more than just wrestling, that these guys are gonna have a bond forever. And uh, so that's it. I, I really enjoy having that. And I, there was a, a wedding down in Oklahoma, and there was a guy there from one of the schools in Oklahoma, and he's like, "Man, we didn't have this. I'm really jealous of this team." Yeah. And I said, "Well, this goes on in every time period because I'm yeah. at all these different weddings, so that's special." I mean, there's a lot of things that stick out. Obviously, the first win over Oklahoma State because they had mm-hmm. just destroyed us. We were right. 60 or something going into that duel, and we beat them. And and since that point. With that moment, and of course Ben winning the first individual title, it's like it opened the door for others to believe mm-hmm. that they could do sure. this. And when we beat Oklahoma, now we've beaten Oklahoma State six times and had a tie in one of them. I don't know if anybody's beaten Oklahoma State that many times in the last decade or so. Sure. And so it's it's made a belief of something you talk about when it really starts to happen. Then, yep. and when Ben became a national champ, next thing you know, Mark Ellis is doing yep. it, and Max is doing it, and it just gone on and on sure. and on. And and so now there's kids in this program looking over there. I'm going to be that next guy. That's why I came here. I'm right. going to have my painting on the wall like those guys over there. Yeah. So it's it's made it a reality. So those are neat things. I think when you look at the facilities and that, and just the fan base. When I look up, I know. A goal of mine is to sell the Hearns out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at me like, you'll never have 13,000. I'm like, you know what? They never. They told me I'd never win the Big 12. That's they right. told me we'd never have national champs. <laughs> we'd never have Olympians. Yeah. And we keep doing that wrong. So I know someday I'm going to walk out in that Hearn Center and it's going to be right. sold out. I mean, there's just like so many firsts, you know, since yeah. you've been here. It's the national duels, you know, we've had great success yeah. at the national duels. I still wish we had the tournament. Yeah. It's sad they let it go because mm-hmm. when I... You'd see athletes, you know, the wrestlers get back together. A lot of t- different sports. I was just sitting with a kid from Iowa the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, I missed the national duels." It's, yeah, that's sad. They really yeah. got rid of those. I have some fond memories it's from great national team duels. events. You know, and you're battling for each other. Yep. 
where an individual tournament you are, but you don't even right. see each other wrestler because yep. yep. you're. It's such a big event. I so. just think about for me some of the fondest memories of when you talk about national duels. Uh, you know, Ben giving some people hard times at weigh-ins. Yes. Uh, Rousing the whole Minnesota Gophers team yes. uh, before weigh-ins, before we wrestled them in the finals. Yeah, we uh, bumped three guys up. Bumping up to wrestle Kish and beating him, and he was what, number no, we two? We bumped three guys. Nick but, Maribel weighed in at 57 yeah, and bumped up. And right. then uh, Matt Pell bumped up to 74, and they all wrestled nationally ranked guys, and all three won. That's, and, uh, yeah, it always gets overshadowed crazy. by Ben beating yeah. Kish, which was huge. But we did it to three guys, three with three guys. That's impressive. It's and we won all three. Yeah. I was like, wow, we just put ourselves in. in was a, that we gave ourselves an opportunity? It didn't happen, but we still look back. And here was a loss in right. the national finals. But how special that was sure. because of guys sacrificing for the team. Yep. Ben was undefeated and could have lost a match that day and right. lost the Hodge and everything, but he didn't care. I'm going up to wrestle I, the. Well, I know. think that's a great example of when you talk about one of the things that we've been trying to teach some of the kids about, and they're young, so it's not a big deal, but getting them to understand about the best way to win a close match at the end is not to pretend like you're protecting something. But right. What did you do that's got you to the point where you're winning the match? Like head position, hand fighting, staying right. in there, looking for scoring opportunities is, that's, you're winning the match doing that. Don't get away from that. Right. And that's like Ben, part of what's made him so successful is that attitude of like, I am gonna come up a weight and challenge somebody. So you can't just get away yeah. from it and he, not that he would ever try to, but that's, you can't, I think, yeah. what does Chael Sonnen say? You got to dance with the one that brought you. you yeah. know? Like, uh, but thinking of those things is, it just makes me smile and think about those things. And half the time, I don't even remember what the outcome was, the win or the loss. It was just the experience of those different things. Uh, one that I remember is, uh, and it may have been that same year, but I know it was at you and I, uh, the you and I dome, and it was national duels, and we were wrestling Oklahoma State, and Josh Wagner was losing with like 20 seconds left. Yeah. By, I want to say six or seven. And yeah, I don't know if John Smith that bad. Well, here's, here's why I'm pretty sure it was that bad because I want to say John Smith was telling his, I don't even remember who he was wrestling, telling him he needed another takedown. Like, you got to go get another takedown. But he was losing. Like, Josh yeah. was losing. But Smith's telling him, you got to go get another takedown. He goes and hits that double, and Josh high flyers him high to flyer. his back and pins him with like one second. And left then on the the, the 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 original bird. Remember he was bouncing <laughs> up and down. You know, you talk about waters in the Iowa match. But yeah, that was one where he jumped up and looked like a clown. He was so goofy looking, how, but we were going man, crazy. Oh, it was nuts. Like how those those are fun times. That was like, a blast. And just thinking about that roller coaster of like, oh man, dang. I think a, a, another one that sticks out with me is. The year we won the Big 12, which you know people said was impossible. You're right. never going to be able to beat all those powers in the mm -hmm. Big 12 and win it as a team. And we had gone down to, we had to reschedule a dual meet because of the plane crash of the basketball team at Oklahoma State. Our duel was like the week before the Big 12s or two weeks before mm -hmm. the Big 12s rescheduled. And it was an awful time. Our guys were beat up from the season. Right. I, I don't even think we put all our starters out there. And we got beat like 30-something to three in the duel. <laughs> and I remember getting on the bus and telling the guys, we're gonna win the Big 12s in two weeks. And talked to us and, and told a story about it. Talked about David and Goliath mm -hmm. that week and and just got kids to, it was, it was an amazing thing because people, they, they believed. And I broke it down for them and showed them how we're gonna do it. And we're gonna win tight matches. 
we're going to be here. We're going to match up with Oklahoma State in finals, and we're going to have to upset some here and there. And yeah. We're going to get help from the conference in some places, but yep. it's all. I, I know it's going to happen. I think we put seven or eight guys in the finals, yeah. and it still came down to it the last here, match. Right? It I, was here, right? I remember I was here and when we I came won, and watched it. What a special thing for something like that to yeah. hit such a low, but then to get young people to say, yes, we can make this happen. Right. We're going to do this. And, and they did, and they won the only Big 12 title in, in the school history yeah. you know, for wrestling. So sure. it was a special time. And to be at and home do it and, here. and seeing our administration and how overjoyed they were. that the, And that was the last year, wasn't it? It was the last year. Yeah, so to go out on top. Go out, go out on top. You couldn't have wrote it any better. It's like know? a movie script. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a neat, it was just the years we had put in to have that happen and do it at home and it was special. Yeah, so uh, next one I got for you, I guess, would be what kind of talk maybe about what it's been like to see your lineup go to more of what now is like almost all Missouri guys. I mean, in-state guys that yeah, are it's awesome. killing it. I mean, not it's just awesome. in the lineup and starting, but starting in top 10 rankings. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty impressive. It is, and it, it's, it's a credit to so many people. When you think about, I think about when I was wrestling, there weren't clubs. Mm -hmm. And now these kids are starting at a younger age and having really high quality coaches that are working with them and the drills they're mm -hmm. doing with them and the, how they're progressing them and teaching them good techniques. So when they get to, by the time they get to me, the positioning that they know and where they've been and you know, in high school now, like in my starting lineup right now, we have three kids that have been on world teams mm -hmm. with Zach Elam and Wyatt Coling and, you know, and these kids, and you know, Jaden Ironman. Yeah. And these kids have been overseas competing. Right. And been on the world level, so it's it's just amazing. I think we have five or six on the team. Yeah. So it's just Savion. these kids. Yep, Savion and Malik. Yep. And all these guys. That it's just it's a special team when you when you have kids that have done that. When you tell them, hey, you're going to be now be starting, they don't even no. flinch at right. it now. Like, am I prepared? These kids, when sure. I was recruiting them, they're like, will you give me an opportunity to start if I'm ready? I'm like, if you're ready, you will start. If yeah. you're ready to go and you can yeah. do something for us, we definitely want it. So having that right now with the, and of course it builds the fan support. Mm -hmm. People are seeing all these kids from, uh, when we were in Kansas City, we had three or four guys starting from Kansas City. We have a couple guys, three kids from the same high school here in yeah. Columbia. Yeah. That it's just, you know, that high school, probably the whole high school will be at the duel on <laughs> right. Saturday watching right. them. So, you know, the, they come from a Catholic school, so the priest and everybody are coming <laughs> right. to watch. Right. But it, it's, it's great. It's a big deal. I mean, for us, when I have local kids doing well, the news wants to cover because Absolutely. The people want to hear about the local sure. kids. So it's been a, a really, really great thing to happen that the sport of wrestling has continued to keep growing and getting better from all the youth groups to the high school coaches. And, and uh, you know, when I go to the high school states this weekend, I'll be watching and I see so many guys that have coached and you know, yeah. maybe had a small influence on them, right. but they're out there coaching right. it up. And so there's some great things going on. And of course, now you're adding in, it's even more special that the, the finally the girls are getting that opportunity. Yeah. To the, you're seeing new college programs growing yes. up. The sport in Missouri is growing. It's, yeah. it's, it's a great time. Well, especially when you talk about from a Title IX standpoint, it does yeah. nothing but help wrestling. It helps it tremendously. Tremen like, and, and from my, as running a private club, it basically almost doubles your the, the kids you can work with. I mean, there's so many girls that are taking to it so quickly and actually really, really interested in it. And I think that there's been a little bit of, you know, to do about 
some of the ways that maybe Misha did the qualifying stuff. I don't know if you heard much about yeah, it. Yeah, I have, but I think people have to understand that it's the first sure. year. They could yeah. have had 10 girls. They right. had no idea. Right. And I think they did up it right in the beginning of the year. Well, the, and, and it's going to grow. Right. When the sport of, when you look, go back to the history of the boys wrestling, it was one division. Why? Well, I, I also. In, now we've grown to four. Yeah. Which, well, we could argue about that one too, but I don't, I don't know that we need four. But <laughs> um, Don't anyway. be surprised if we have four female divisions soon. Yeah. That I hope it. not. But uh, <laughs> let's start with one good one. I mean, it is good. It's great. It's, I mean, I was so impressed yesterday, even when yeah, the first round of how many high level girls were. Um, I mean, the most impressive thing, honestly, that I saw was the hand fighting and head positioning yeah. of some girls of like, it wasn't a, a an, an elementary level of wrestling happening. Like, you know, you, you can tell they're green and a little inexperienced, right. but the things but that they were doing, quickly. very It's going to change quickly because a lot of girls wouldn't join the sport because they didn't want to be on a boys team. Yep. And now they're looking at these girls doing well and they're going to be like, mm -hmm. I can be on this team and I don't have to wrestle with the boys. Yep. And it's, it's, a, I, it's, it's going to grow this. I've already heard in the community, just, I was just looking, I was at the barber today and yeah. I looked at the sports page and it's talking, it had pictures of the female wrestlers and just talking about it and how great it is and, yeah. and the interest in the community to come out and watch it because it's the first and it's growing the sport. So I know I made sure I snapped a couple of pictures of the first round, the whistles blowing. I took a video of all like, you know, where they're like, you may begin your matches and you hear tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah. Like I got, that's the first round ever in the history of the state yeah. to see girls wrestling in it. We're old. We're going to really look cool. back and say we were there for that, yeah. and we witnessed that first state tournament yep. for the females. So it's it's great for our sport. Yeah, and that I mean, well, I guess that fits in perfectly because we were just talking about all the firsts that you know that have been here, and, and then to have that happen right across the street and right here on campus is pretty neat. Yeah, it is to see too the you know that it's permanently cemented in as some part of you know not only what you've built here big, but my stomach's rumbling, uh, but the sport. You know, part of the history of the sport is, yes. is bigger than us or bigger than any one program. Just adding women's wrestling and seeing that as a milestone of that this was the year when all these the dam broke yep. and all these states said, "Yep, we're going to do it," and went it's through awesome. with it. And there's going to be how many more to follow in the next year or two, right behind suit. Yeah. So it's gonna it's pretty neat to see, and uh, it's it's really something very interesting that that you know if you would have thought ten years ago probably. No one would imagine. Yeah, seeing you know, it to this extent. A, you know, about twenty-five years ago, when I was coaching at Cornell, there mm -hmm. was a, <clears throat> a young girl that was at Cornell and training for the nationals, and we had national teams back then. But and she was winning it, yeah. and she was in our room. Yeah, and she was working out with our team, and I remember going to the nationals and seeing her wrestle because she was competing against the guys and wasn't doing as great in our room. But then she was out there just crushing it. Yeah, and she got to wrestle with just the girls and making the you know the national team. I was like, wow. I said, our team adapted really well to that, that having the girls around the sport is going to grow. I remember saying yeah. that 25 years ago, that there's yes. got to be more than just the, you know, the couple, the handful of girls. There's probably right. other girls that are just won't do it because they have to mm -hmm. be in the, what she had to go through with, you know, 35 guys in the room with just one girl. It was different. But right. she was one of those, you know, paving the path for others and now. We're going to be sitting here in a few years watching three or four divisions of girls and big crowds and the sports yeah. growing and new college programs starting up like yes. they're already doing. And yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're getting ready to be, um, Fontbonne University is starting one. Coach Prater yep. got I'm the on. head coaching job. Yep. I'm tentatively set to be the assistant coach. So, you That's know, awesome. nothing official because we don't start till next year, but 
that's kind of the plan right now. And, and we Central have a Methodist just started a men's that's and women's that'll start up, I think, next yep. year. So we'll have men's and women's both too, which is really, really neat because it helps, uh, you know, the more, you know, the, the, the girls see that there's something after high school that they can be aiming towards trying to accomplish. Like there is places for me to wrestle and even ones that I don't even have to leave home. Like there's more yeah. in St. Louis, there's how many? I mean, over in Illinois, you got McKendry, you got uh, Lindenwood Belleville, you got Lindenwood, Missouri Baptist, yeah. uh, you know, so Fontbonne now. So we're gonna have a dozen or so. so yeah, it's, and it, it's, it's amazing. And, and I've and I've told girls, like you know, I, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I'm like, if you're dedicated and you want to wrestle in college, you can find you can get a scholarship. Without a doubt. You can Without find a place to wrestle. Now, this is, this may is be the flexible. ultimate time for it because yeah. they're starting up new programs. Yep. So it's uh, this is a great time for the sport. It's well, going to grow. It's it's fun to watch. And one of the things I'm at the end of my career here, not tomorrow, but <laughs> right. I can see right, kind right. of the light at the end of the tunnel. But it's amazing just the growth in our sport. It's fun to watch. It is, and it, even from I think of that even in a like a technical standpoint. You know, you think yeah. of it's just. I was telling somebody the other day that uh, Coach Krause, my high school coach, I was sitting there watching, and I just go, I just feel like these kids are a lot better than I ever was at this age. And, they are, and, and it's, it's a credit to youth right. coaches. Yeah, right. youth coaches are taking them where we were in high yeah. school as youth. Well, just thinking about getting to high school. Yeah, I just yeah. think about all the things that, like, when I was in high school, I didn't know how to do this. Yeah. Which, where we were at that time, I didn't need to know how to do that. You know, like half of I think what made me be able but to even have success here. if you look at the United States here. right now, we are. Oh, yeah. It's us and Russia and Iran, but we won the Worlds a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. We're one of the best teams in the world now, and it's a credit to the yeah. system we have in place. I know I think everybody it's talks about better. the Russian system, yeah. but they're probably looking at the American system and, go, system and saying, right. they're doing some things right there, too, because they got two and three guys that could win gold sure. medals, and sure. only one of them's making it. Yeah. In Russia, they move to another another one of the <laughs> right. countries and, and make the defect, team. Defectors and, and go to... Defectors and go somewhere else. Right. So they hire them out, probably. They, yeah, get, they do. A little fun. money under the table, you send yeah. this guy down the road uh, <laughs> to another, uh, you know, Soviet bloc country, and yep. probably the climate's not much different. <laughs> the living situation's not much different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the the other thing is, you know, got I got to touch on, um, you know, the MMA success that guys have had coming out of here with yeah, their big crazy. three guys, and that's another one that makes me sad sometimes because it's like, did I miss the boat on that? You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing unbelievable. And yeah. it was just kind of becoming popular. I mean, it was always around, but when those guys were finishing mm. up and then they jumped in, I remember Ben and Tyron, I think, fought at the Holiday Inn yep. here in Columbia yeah. and how rinky-dink and disorganized it was. Yeah. It was like every fight was like 30 or 40 seconds. Well, a guy got knocked out or choked didn't out. Didn't Ben self-promote one of his First one? Yeah, that might have been it. It was like the Patriot Act is what he called it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> had like just, Uncle Sam on the t-shirt. think where they are now, where yeah. now there's, you know, they've got millions of followers yeah. and it's pay-per-view and <laughs> they're making good money, real good money that it's turned into careers for all of them and yeah. they all own some type of training facility and yep. just doing great with their lives. They're not just fighters. They're, they're successful people in lives with their families and everything. So I'm well, really Well, again, I think that's a testament to you and with a lot of things you've done is, if you think about it, is not only have all those guys competed at a high level, but like you just said, they all have opened up something where they're sharing that information. Like, I do know how to like build a culture and give you a plan and yeah. give you the technique and teach you how to be 
somebody that knows how to go yeah. be successful. And, and I, I think, think that that's a lot of what a, you've offered. You know? If you're in coaching, which you are, I think that's your greatest reward. Sure. That if you can then pass on the legacy of this is, you know, this is what we're trying to do. This is how we try mm -hmm. to live. It's tiger style. Yeah. And when you see it happening through their families, through their life, you know, their businesses, and then, you, then you know, yeah. you did the right thing as a coach. A lot of people, I think in our society, we worry about the W and the L's and, but I think that's well, the most important thing to coach. In the right youth, there. they can definitely, there have a lot of parents that are in the same situation where they get caught up so much in the wins and losses of, and I said, why did you bring them here? Like, did you bring them here because this is the only place they can learn wrestling? Or did you bring them here because we also focus on some things that are much more important than wrestling? Yeah. Because I said, what about, you're asking, you you think that they're not getting better at the, at the right rate, but it, is there anything else that's improved over the last year that you've yeah. been here? Well, yeah, come to think of it, they don't get in trouble in class anymore. Their grades have gone up. Their teachers talk about how they're a joy to have in class and they've become more of leaders. It's like, there you go. So then, What's the problem? Be patient. I mean, I mean they're only 11 and 12. Like, they, we we got yeah. time, but you know, it's, you understand it. It's, yeah. And I get it completely, but trying to convince a parent that, especially if it's like their first child, that this, I know that you see your kid growing up so fast right in front of your eyes and you yeah. think that there's like high school is going to be tomorrow. And for you and me, it is. But for them, like remember when you were 12. Yeah. Two, three years is like a lifetime. A lifetime. I can remember being here, my even like my second year, and going, I got three more years of this? Like thinking in the you know the toughest then, practice in the middle of a season, you're going, and then you're I gotta like, do this for three more years? And graduate. And then, yep, you turn around and you've been out for 10 years. And it's like, wow. where did it go? You know? But we, as adults, we lose sight of that, I think, yeah. is the, the time perspective of you can think, yeah, he's only got two more years till high school, but he's thinking, I got it. Right. Two years is a really long time. Really long time. And, uh, but you know, just to hear and, and help put that in perspective that like you do have a good kid that does work hard and you don't get better every single, I mean, we go into a practice room trying to get better traits. every day. He's, he's going to be better in life from it. Yeah, That's absolutely. What, you know, and, sport is giving him too. Yep. And, and talking about too that from, and then we take that conversation into the sports psychology part of it that, understanding that you generally are at a plateau most of the time your skills aren't getting yep. much better and then you have those times of breakthrough where you have a good amount of growth and then you're going to be at that level again for a while yeah and you know the the fine the, the fine little details is what wins you those bigger matches is yep. not because you all of a sudden got better than you were a week ago it's lots of dollars you just fine-tune little bitty things lots little bitty things and, yep you're right i, I always loved uh you know i <clears throat> The sports that I love the most were baseball and wrestling. And I've spent a lot of time, especially since going into the youth, like what was it about my mentality or, or my process of thinking or my point of view that drew me more to those two sports and, and as far as my interest and in, in really loving it? And what I figured out was the trial and error. In baseball, you're gonna get three or four at bats. So every time you go up there, you go, okay, I know that I did this last time. I'm not going to do that this time. Right. You go to a tournament, you're going to get three or four matches. And you go, the second one, you go, okay, well, I'm, I remember that I did this yeah. in the first match and I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to do this better. And I think that that was a lot of, uh, and in football, you could probably get that a little bit. But for me, I wasn't the guy carrying the ball every time. So right. you carry the ball multiple times, you can maybe do that. Like, oh, I didn't see that hole. I'm going to get it this time. 
But, you know, I, I think for me that was a big, uh, and that's, I think it's important too, to be, be introspective about those kinds of things so we can understand the kids and how they see things. So we can kind of put it in ways right. that will interest them and challenge them at the same time. But I don't have much more for you. No, I'm going to see. Awesome. We've got uh, over an hour. So perfect timing. Man, that flew by. Doesn't it? Every That's time. Fun. Joe said the same thing. He goes, I can't believe we went, we went 48, 49 minutes, I think. So, so I crushed them. Well, uh, Max and I did an hour and 30 minutes. Okay. So he's got my record, I think, right now. But okay. I feel like we could, all oh, of I them, every time that I record one, it, I have to shut it off because I could just keep going. Yeah. Which I have diarrhea of the mouth yeah, a lot. We'll do it another time. <laughs> we'll, we'll do, do more, way more. This Hopefully, is this is, keeps going and uh, we this can keep fun. it going. But Coach Smith, thanks for sitting down with me. We haven't got any, I don't remember the last time we got to sit down and talk for an hour. So, no. It's, it's nice. Very rarely does that ever happen, but there's snow on the ground, state We're wrestling, Oklahoma there. State tomorrow. Get I couldn't think it. of a better time to sit down and talk to you for an hour. So, appreciate thanks, the time. Marcus. Thanks, sir.